tuning in to the Gull Glow Up Ladies podcast. I'm your girl, BB. I'm Spunky. So Spunky, what we got for us today? We have an awesome conversation on double standards. So we're going to play an awesome game and then we're going to transition to the actual topic tonight. So double standards as it pertains to family, how we pick our majors in college, and also in and then we're going to break to a you cute sis where you're going to. And then for the second part, we're going to bring it back on in. And we have an awesome article to present to you guys in regards to 11 facts about or 11, I guess, double standards that Americans still have today when it pertains to women. And I would just want to point out the article was published March 3rd, 2020. Yes, so it's did. pretty relevant today. Yes, exactly. So are you ready for our game today? I am. I'm super excited. Okay, we're going to talk about two characters in fictional movies. And between those two, I want you to decide which one you think, like based on society standards, like which one of those of those two would be considered more assertive or too bossy or too male domineering based on like an average man in today's society. So are you ready? Okay, sure. Let's do it. Let's go. So the first one we're going to have is Eva, played by Gabrielle Union and Deliver Us from Eva, versus the character Mary Jackson, played by Janelle Monet in Hidden Figures. Okay, so I would say that Gabrielle Union's character Eva and Deliver Us from Eva was very intimidating to men. Um, I feel like that was her whole role until she met the man that could break mm-hmm. her or kind of open up her heart rather. Um, yeah. no, this and thing. then with Mary Jackson's character, I feel like she was a more positive spin as it pertains to the dominated, um, what, essentially, you know, she worked for NASA. Yeah. And um, she was an Looked engineer. Like BB intern and NASA. <laughs> I did. Um, so yeah, she worked for NASA and she was an engineer. And mm-hmm. being an engineer is a male-dominated industry. Um, so I feel like she was definitely a positive spin because everything and every barrier that was put in her way, she basically burned it down mm-hmm. and overstepped it and she overcame them. Um, so yeah, she's definitely a positive spin on what a woman would be dominated in a male industry. And then Eva um, or Gabrielle Union's is definitely considered an intimidated intimidation to men because of how she carried herself. No, I agree a hundred percent. Like it was just the difference to me was the attitude. They both were driven women, but attitudes completely different. Awesome. Okay. Agreed. So 
For the second one, we have June Boatwright, played by Alicia Keys in Secret Life of the Bees versus Lauren, played by Taraji P. Henson and Think Like a Man. But the thing with Alicia Keys' character in Secret Life of Bees, it was more so her sisters would point that out to her. Like, you're a bossy individual. Um, two guys specifically, and kind of si- similar to Gabrielle Union's Eva character, until she met that man or her match, that's when she brought her guard down. Um, so at first, she was kind of intimidating to me because she had to be because, you know, she's a girl and she has nothing but sisters. So somebody got to be hard. Right. Uh, Alicia Keys' character is intimidating to me. So the next one we have Tiana played by Nika Rose in Princess and the Frog versus Monica played by Sanaa Lathan in Love and Basketball. These were two of one of my favorites. Tiana in Princess and the Frog was intimidating because even though she didn't try to be, but she was intimidating because she was trying to make her own in a world that would not accept her to have her own, especially being a woman and then a woman of color. Okay. With Monica in Love and Basketball, she definitely played basketball and she had to put on that hard... She was just tomboyish to me, but she just basically had to work harder to keep up with that of her man, mm-hmm. <laughs> as well as everybody else on the court, because she wanted to be just as equal as a male basketball player. Which one would society say is is too too assertive in their pursuit of those things? I mean, I guess if we had to choose, then Tiana and Princess of the Pro. Okay, that's fair. I agree. And the last one we have Olivia Pope played by Carrie Washington in the TV sitcom Scandal versus Mary Jane Paul played by Gabrielle Union and being Mary Jane. I would definitely say that Carrie Washington's um, role as Olivia Pope was super intimidating. Um, <laughs> she was boss bay all the time. Um, plus, she was working in politics, so you have yeah. to have that type of mm-hmm. uh, mentality that, and character yes. anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's definitely an intimidating. I think you did a good job of explaining your points and why you thought that way. So that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cool. I thought it was so fun. It was different. It was. Cause it, it comparisons. Mean, it, yeah, and it was like they both had the same kind of trajectory, but they did it. They went about it the different ways. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what separated them. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, well, today we have an awesome conversation, as we mentioned earlier, about double standards. And for the first half, we're going to focus on those double standards as it pertains to when was the first time that you realized there was a double standard or that there was a difference between boys and girls? And how did that impact you choosing your major? And lastly, but definitely not least, is the double standard that comes when in relationships. You know, how do you manage that? How do you navigate that? So, BB, at what age did you begin to realize there was a different standard for boys versus girls? Um, I would say elementary school as early as that, um, because I have a brother um, and <laughs> at an early age, I felt like in the home, there were certain things that my brother was allowed to do that I wasn't allowed to do. Um, and my, I guess my parents kind of made note of it like, hey, you're a girl. You're supposed to act like this. As a boy, you're supposed to act like this. Um, and then even outside of the home, um, 
in elementary school going to school, I feel like during resource during recess uh, was another case of when I realized like, hey, you know, there's a different standard for boys versus girls. Meaning like when we went out to play, boys were able to play football and be rough and do all these type of things, but girls weren't allowed to. We had to sit there and, and play on the swings or, you know, sit at the table and, and gossip and all that kind of stuff. So I felt like it was just a different type of standard and boys and girls did two different things. So that was the first time I really realized it. Um, and it just kind of trickled down from there. Right. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> no, that's very good. And that's awesome that you could like pinpoint the exact age and time where you were like, huh, why is it that they can do this and then we have to go over and sit here and just look pretty or be the cheerleaders or, yes. you know, we always have volunteer for that role. You know, so ain't about cheering for y'all like, sorry. Oh, that's sorry. Is, <laughs> that's exactly what we was doing. Like, we sitting on the sideline going, go, go, go. Oh, what was your favorite little ghetto shit? I'm trying to sit here and be like, we were like, go, go, go. Oh, no, we were definitely not like, go, go, go. <laughs> that was definitely not it. Right. More, I mean, the only thing that would sound similar to that would be the go fight win. I used to really like that, but ours didn't just say go fight win. It was nothing. <laughs> Has some flavor to it. Has- yeah. I used to love going to my brother games, like at Ramsey. Shout out to Ramsey, you know. Like it was just super dope. Like you get, I got all the energy there. Super dope. Super all dope. the energy. I, yeah. I'm pretty so sure. it's like. I think for me, when I would, I guess, identify the difference between boys and girls, I really think it started when we were younger. For example, for Christmas, boys get like Legos, they get trucks, they get all kind of cool games, whereas girls get like dolls and Barbie doll houses and princess costumes and things. And just think about what that festers. Like think about the undertones in those gifts. So like with Legos, trucks, the drones now, that promotes creativity. That promotes like experimental. You're you're adventurous with the trucks. You know, you crash. You know, you you, you can live a, a like adventurous and carefree life almost where you can just explore. Whereas our gifts, it's like it's more rooted in motherhood. It's more rooted in family. I mean, right. the dollhouse, the the baby dolls, the uh, the princess crowns that we used to get. I mean, those all have that imagery of marriage. Like think about all the movies, the Disney movies, you know, things yeah. like that. So it's like things that I don't think we were like aware of. But as I look back on childhood, I think that that kind of fester in some of us a little bit and some more than others, you know. I'm glad that you mentioned that you had an older brother because I do too. And I just want to know if you could name off the top of your head like three things that he could do that you realize you could not do based on someone saying, oh, no, baby, you're not supposed to do that based on your parents or at school. You know, or is there oh, any yeah, for sure. things that stuck out? Um, I would say the first one would be I used to get in trouble talking on the phone with boys when I was younger. Okay. Um, my brother did not get in trouble with talking to girls on the phone. Okay. So that's number numero uno. Right. And I say I used to get beat down for talking up. to boys on the phone. Yeah, it was bad. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not sitting up here saying I was like abused, but you know, I used oh, to get whoopings and spankings and stuff. Right. Um, and <laughs> so that's number one. Okay. Um, number two would be dating. So my brother was allowed to date way earlier than I was and stay over the girl's house, hang out, pick her up, do all that kind of stuff. I was not allowed to do any of that. The first time I went on a date, I was 16 years old. Y'all, I was a 
junior in high school. I graduated <laughs> when I was 17 years old. Right. See that? My brother started you dating a girl when she was in, he was in ninth, eighth grade. You see the difference there? Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the third one um, would be like when I want to go somewhere and I ask or tell my parents, uh-huh. I get the third degree. Where are you going? Who are you going to be with? When are you coming back? Mm. Tell me when you get there. Yes. All this other stuff. When he chooses to go somewhere or go somewhere, he don't ask. He say, oh, I'll be back at whatever time. He don't even yes. tell no time. You know, exactly. whatever. Don't come back home. You know, whatever. No, and it's fine. okay. He get, all right. right, it's fine. Me, I'm going to get cussed out. Yes. <laughs> even if you don't text, like you got to text at midnight. If you're not exactly. home by 1250. Exactly. Right. I'm like, um, how old am I, Daddy? Like, why we have to keep doing this? So, like, these are the those are the top three things that just stood out to me that I'm like, my brother was allowed to do and still is allowed to do, right? (laughs) Till this day. Yeah. No, I I completely understand because people want to say, oh, it's just because you know it was different times, and it's like, bro, we three years apart. It's not like you know what I'm saying. Generation of between us so i would say that my top three would be the fact of staying out late at an early age like you mentioned like i can remember even when i came home from college like my brother could be all out at all night so i mean it was just nothing maybe yes. i don't know the behind the scenes but at right. breakfast the next morning did nobody say nothing nobody had no attitude with him you know you you kind of got the energy for your parents when you stayed out too late the next morning at breakfast yes. Bro, it'd be like saying with your chest, like you got something to say, say right. it. I'm they never like, want to talk about it. Why, right. why, why y'all love my neck? Yes. I'm here, <laughs> oh my God. Right. I'm here. I made it, guys. <laughs> and then I, I would say for number two, is it kind of goes back to what you were saying in the dating piece. I mean, I can remember my brother having girls over late at night dating. And I mean, they were in high school. I couldn't even imagine even forming the question to my parents to say oh can i go over uh bobby's house and oh, stay over no. there till midnight or two like in the morning oh, no. <laughs> what happened <laughs> it was not happening That's and not the thing. last one would be and it's so funny how this is all based on dating and relationships because the last part is the fact that he was able to take an eighth grade trip with the opposite state like it was his class trip oh. and it went to mexico Ooh. in eighth grade yeah wow. I was That's like, there's no way, no way they would have let me go. So it's definitely a, a, a gender difference when it comes to raising a boy and a girl. And I, we've seen For it sure. firsthand. I mean, even yes. when it comes to the comfortability of you just moving my mom's car, like let's just say her car was blocking or something in the driveway. She would freak out if I go do it versus my brother. I'm like, well, first of all, <laughs> I don't have any things on my insurance. And I'm not saying my brother does, but it's like, why don't you trust me to the same level that no. you trust him? To no, I totally, totally agree. It's just like with, with cursing. So yeah. like, it's okay for guys that curse. Definitely. But when a woman curse, oh <gasps> no, that's not ladylike. Right. What are you doing? And yeah. I'm just like, I don't care if you do do it or whatever, but Definitely. you know, and especially growing up, that was a thing. Like you know, women are supposed to curse, you yeah. know, men, but guys can do it flying off the mouth, yes. you know, like a wholesaler. Ain't nobody That's that say double standard. It is. It is. That's real. Okay, so I will say that despite these differences in, our, I guess, our personal households, both of us studied male-dominated majors. 
Eurobiology, on finance economics. How do you think that we were able to, I guess, transcend and let go of that gender stereotype or double standard of? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it started in the home um, because I personally was never taught that there was a male and a woman dominated field, to right. be honest. Um, I just taught that there was fields. Exactly. Um, and because of such, I just kind of picked whatever that I was interested in at the time. Mm-hmm. And growing up and forever, I've been kind of indecisive as what I really wanted to do in life. So I got into high school and I realized that I wanted to be a pharmacist because um, my mom, uh, she worked with a pharmacist because she was the store manager. And so she was just like, hey, so, you know, I have a daughter. She needs something to do this summer. Why don't you let her intern? I mean, intern you for the summer. And so by interning with the pharmacist, I, when I went to college, I still had the belief and that I wanted to be a pharmacist, but I found chemistry. Exactly. And from there, I just kind of ran with it. And like I said before, I never really thought that it was a male dominated role until I got into the specific field. Um, And I would go to different conferences and I would see like, In chemistry specifically, there are more uh, males than there are women. Um, Now, even going to graduate school, I saw more men um, than women. Um, But I feel like nowadays it's it's leaning towards more of an equal balance. Well, it's leaning towards that balance because they brought an awareness to it. I mean, I see those commercials all the time where they're advertising for girls to be interested in STEM because they did see that for the longest time. I mean, even teachers, I don't know if it was, you know, I I would never say that it was intentional, but I do feel like sometimes guidance counselors or teachers kind of navigate females one way. They do the same thing with race. Like they'll navigate certain people and demographics to certain majors because in their mind, that's what they're supposed to do. And that's true. So, yeah. So, no, that's awesome. I I love your story and I love how you came about just going for it and you didn't even pay attention to the the norms of society. That's the best (laughs) way to be, honestly. So, I would say that I chose finance economics because I love math. I mean, I enjoy working with the data to explain an issue or a topic. It's almost the words, like how you write a paper. To me, math and numbers kind of explain how you were able to receive or the amount of data or something that uh, issue or something that you were interested in. It kind of was the words for it. So numbers to me, I know it's kind of weird and kind of nerdy, but that's just how I interpret it. And of course, like you, I have to give credit to my parents. I feel like we're all where we are today. My dad is awesome with numbers. So it was no way we could shy away from numbers in the house. And I mean, I will say he did not just do that with my brother. He did that with me and my brother. And he he wanted us to be really, I guess, familiar. I mean, but this guy can do like loan division in his head. Like I never got to that oh, level. No. But, you know, they came from a different time. They didn't have access to stuff that right. we had. So, you know, I can kind of see why he wants to be on his P's and Q's. And so um, just... Um, having those conversations and being influenced by him and with my mom. I mean, she would sign me up for math camp at Alabama School of Fine Arts. Just those little seeds they were planting and let me know that anything is possible, like just hard work and go for it. So I think that those were some of the reasons that I leaned towards finance economics because it was rooted in math and that math comes up came from my parents. So yeah, so okay, cool. So we hit on family. We hit on deciding about majors. Do you think that 
there are double standards when it comes to dating? A really good question. And so when I think about the double standards when it comes to dating, there are so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one that comes to mind to me is when we as a couple, man and a woman, go on a date. Mm-hmm. I feel like the uh, it's expected for a woman to dress really nice, show cleavage, show skin, be sexy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But a man can come rolling up to a date with some sweatpants on, some J's, white t-shirt, gold chain, Mm -hmm. fitted cap, and he good. And nobody checking him. He's just like, oh, he cute, he sexy, he good. I got to sit up here and put on a whole nine yard of makeup, the hair, the, the smell, the fragrance, all of that kind of stuff in order for me to be deemed presentable mm-hmm. to go on a date. No, that's so fact. I think that's a double standard because guys don't are not upheld to that same standard because they can come in there looking like whatever. All right. Um, <laughs> and then the last one that I have would be when we as women want a relationship, especially when you get a certain age, you're just like, hey, I want a relationship. I want to be married. I want to do all these kind of things. Right. We are deemed needy when we really want to be in a relationship and really want to get married. But on the flip side of that, a man, when he really wants to be in a relationship, he knows what he wants. He is swoon worthy. He's so sweet. It's just like, oh my gosh, you have to be with me. I can't believe it. Right. That is the stuff I'm talking about. I'm just like, what? Isn't he deemed needy too? I feel like if he presses it too far, then he could be creepy. Yeah. Um, but but it's just yeah. as long as he stays in the comfort zone, mm-hmm. then he's good. But a woman off rip, oh, she want to be in a relationship? Oh, no, bro. I'm done. I'm good on her. Because people will say, oh, he he's leading with purpose. You know, he found his wife. And people are trying to relate that to the scripture in the Bible. So I see where it comes from. But I, I like your perspective and take on it. I never really thought about that. You know, we want the same thing sometimes, but we're deemed as crazy. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Oh, you're the crazy girl. Yeah. Stage four clinger. It was crazy. You're so right. So right. Like the first one I was talking about is the fact that society, they require women to purposely date or they hold over our head that we should have this marriage in mind at a certain age and it's just not supposed to leave. And that is true for certain women, but I just don't think it's fair that we should hold that standard to everybody. So for the second one, it would be the issue of the stigma behind women over 35, like once we hit 35, all hell break loose. We're no longer dateable. You know, we crazy. We just intolerable. And I don't think that that's a stigma that should be placed on women. I think that at any age, a woman should be dateable or I guess still in the runnings for finding her mate, you know? So for the Third one, I would say that women with multiple sex partners, the girl is a hoe, but the guy with the same amount of partners, he's the quote unquote man. And I mean, it's a, it is a stigma. It's not going anywhere, you know, as much as we want to talk about. It. So those would be my, I guess, stigmas as it pertains to the woman, double standards. Um, but I do want to give the fellows, you know, some love. I got to shed some light on them too. I would just say that they do have the standard of paying for dinners whenever it's a first date. 
you know, y'all hold it down with it. I will say. So the second would be that in society that typically when men get married or when they are, I guess, cohabitating with their significant other, that they are supposed to be the ones that front the bills, like the major expenses that's supposed to be on the burden of the guy. You know, that's a double standard. And, we, and I would say, lastly, um, men should always be able to do the heavy lifting, you know, when it comes to groceries. I don't care if you need to remove a refrigerator. Like, yo, go get that. <laughs> go get For my sure. brother. Like, those are their expectations set for them as far as the double standard. So we're going to cut to the you cute sis, and then we will be back, guys. So stick with us. We'll be back. That was an awesome first segment on double standards. So now we're going to get into the you cute sis segment, and we're going to discuss tomboyish looks hey we're gonna talk about five top five of the necessary tomboyish clothes that way you can mimic a look of a leo or the tlc or you know things of that nature so when i think of tomboyish looks the thing that comes to mind is streetwear streetwear meaning one Oversized jean jacket is a must. Oversized anything, bubble coat, trench coat, all those different things put you in line of streetwear and a tomboy look. But the oversized jean jacket, definitely. Number two would be a large graphic tee, hoodie or sweatshirt. All three of those go in the same line. Um, number three would be sneakers. Sneakers. That is the tying point for the whole outfit. Your sneaker game, what it's going to be. You're going to get your your, your, your your J's on, the one specifically. You know, I think that streetwear to his finest, the tomboyish game. Um, number four would be distressed jeans. And then number five would be sweatpants um, or Adidas pants. Any type of those type of pants would be awesome for you to wear and tie in your tomboyish look. So next time you go somewhere and you want to look like Aaliyah, you want to look like the TLC, to conquer the tomboyish look, equal blend of feminine and masculine. So you need something tight and baggy, okay? Tight, baggy, baggy, tight, one up. But I always think the cutest version is tight up the top, baggy on the bottom. Boom. And so next time you go somewhere and you want to conquer this tomboyish look, just remember, you cute, sis. Welcome back, guys. Welcome BB back. With the awesome, you cute, sis. I love Thank you. it. Like, you know, four-page letter, like, just shout out to Aaliyah. She was so dope. She like, was. anytime you can be baggy and baggy clothes and still sexy, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a work of art. That's so, true. Kudos. Shout out to her. So, the first episode, we hit on a, a different topics as, as it pertains to the double standard. And on this particular one, we're really going to discuss the article from Inside Magazine. And it was published on March 3rd, 2020 by Talia LaCrease. We know we can mess up some names. We can. <laughs> we can butchers. butcher <laughs> them. the pronunciations next Because I'd be like, dang, why can't I right? get perfect name right? Exactly. That's so right. I believe it's LaCrease. Exactly. And it is titled 11 Most Surprising Double Standards That Still Exist for Women in the U.S. I mean, can you believe- so we will highlight four of the most shocking, I guess, 
points from this list and place the link on our IG page at Globe Ladies for you guys to check it out. And you guys check out like the remainder of the list, but it's going to be on our IG page at, at Globe Ladies. Go follow us. That was a shameless plug. That's why I didn't come shameless out regular. Shameless plug. <laughs> And so we're going to unpack those four and the ones we were selected, we're pretty much going to give our opinion. Now I want to know, I want to hear from you, BB, in regards to like, where do you think that double standard derived from? How are some, how did that negative, how did the doubles, how did that double standard negatively impact women and how can we hold individuals accountable? I mean, we have to be able to do something to resolve or to at least move the margin line a little bit closer in our favor in regards to some of these. And these are pretty shocking. It's like eh, stuff that you never, like I think people subconsciously do because it's so rooted in our history, mm-hmm. but so right. let's get started. So for the first one and the BB, I really want to hear your opinion on this one because it's pretty interesting. So despite women making less money than men for doing the exact same job, and I want to be clear. So women on average make 81 cents for every dollar that a man earns. And for black women, we make 67 cents for every dollar that a man earns. And for Hispanic women, it's even lower at 58 cents. For many items, products, and services for women, there's this thing called a pink tax. And that's just when women pay more for razors and deodorant and hair maintenance and dry cleaning and car insurance. So why do you think that is? Can you explain? Can you help us sister out? Why? (laughs) Sure. I really did like the Insider um, article that we're talking about. Um, But in regards to the actual question, I really thought what you just mentioned as far as um, Black women making, you know, 67 um, cents to every dollar of a man. And specifically when it comes to the pink tax, which is kind of a term that was new to me, to be honest. Um, But I would say that just kind of break it down in layman's terms, Mm -hmm. it could be described as the gender break. I would say it's a way to upcharge on a product. So it's not like you're really taxing the product. You're just upcharging it on a woman's product comparison to a man. So for instance, if you have, I would say the pink tax where it comes from, it is a way to, I guess, kind of deem women as not not consciously aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that women draw to cute things. That's true. Anything cute, anything small, anything adorable, anything that looks like that, Ooh. we draw attention to it and we want to purchase it. I don't care if it costs $7.99, right. $4.99, $10.99, $15.99. It doesn't really matter. We will definitely buy it as long as it's in a cute container. So they're really marketing up because they know that a woman's going to buy it. And the color is actually a smart marketing tool because therefore it makes it even more cute. The more colorful it is, the more Mm -hmm. popping it is, that that means it's more marketable for a woman, quote unquote, because a man can buy it too. But most of these products are cosmetically for women. It's actually really smart. But at the same time, we as women definitely need to figure out that this is a thing. And I would kind of challenge us as women to realize that. Uh, But next, we're going to get into the assertive women that are considered bossy. It said, Spunky, how do you feel that this has stirred them from even wanting to be in this role? Like, do you feel like a woman wants to be in this role if they're assertive or deemed assertive or bossy? Like, how does that, 
How do you feel about like that? The, the impact is so traumatic and it's crazy. So we're not making this up. So I remember reading in Cheryl Sandberg's, Sandberg's book, Ling In, she did have a really influential story to kind of allude to the point of, you know, how does this impact and how does this make you not even want to be in the role because you don't want to be deemed bossy. I mean, and we say the word bossy, but they really use the other word, the other B right. word. That's the inappropriate. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and in her book, she, she mentioned a woman and she was a successful entrepreneur who based like she really made an empire and it was based off like really just her hard work and her charm and personality. So this professor um, did his case study. And in the case study, he had the gr- the lady's actual name, which was Heidi Rosen. And then he replaced other case studies to pass out to the same class. But he put the name um, of the entrepreneur as Howard. So we have the same the same scenarios, but just change the names from male to, or female to male. And he, wa- he wants feedback on two things. He wants to know, one, how, did the class feel like the person was successful? And then the second time, the uh, I guess the second prong would be, would they be likable? Mm. So it's crazy what the results were. Uh, came back. And so the students, they rated Heidi and Howard on their accomplishments and, you know, how appealing they seemed as like as part of their colleagues. And the students related them equal as it pertains to success. But what I found most interesting and disturbing was that they thought Howard was likable while Heidi seemed selfish and not the type of person you would want to hire or work for. Mm, and that crazy the same story so you know that impact us on a daily basis and right. you really just have to how we block would love to say just ignore those people because i know it bothers you but you can't let that deter you from where you're trying to go so my opinion would be, i mean if you're big in a company i would say hold this case study put this at their feet you know let for them sure. see themselves for who they are bring that awareness because you know it was women that also said that heidi was a selfish person too it wasn't right. i'm sure it just wasn't all guys so that's just how we view each other as well so i would say you know you gotta block out the haters like people say that saying all the time and it's the same thing in this instance you can't let that deter you from where you're trying to go or prevent you from being direct and let people know exactly what they need to be doing because the progress or if the profit margins and things start to falter who are they gonna come to they come to you so you have to be assertive And you can't let that noise, because that's all it is, that noise impact you. You got to keep it moving. Just keep on pushing. Be who you are. If bossy exactly. and assertive gets you where you need to go, yeah. you know, tone it tone it down at times. Right. You don't always need to be like that. But if bossy and assertive exactly. gets you to where you need to go, be that. Just can just empathize with people a little bit more. Just keep that in exactly. mind. Exactly. Okay. So for the next one that we pulled out, this list of 11, was just that men are disproportionately praised for taking care of their children, whereas women are expected to be caregivers. Can you explain? Sure. So I think on one side of it, I'm glad that fathers are praised um, for raising their children because there are often times where a man cannot or will not raise their children. Um, so for the fathers who do have the chance to do it, we do want to give them some praise and some appreciation and gratitude. But on the other side of that, um, I would like to say that we should not necessarily be giving one person, uh, one parent 
praise over the other, um, specifically the man versus the woman, when the woman had to carry the child for nine months. I don't know why they're deemed a caregiver. No, (laughs) Um, there's two parents. You did this together. So if you choose to do it together, as again, the the word is choice. The big word is choice. You choose to do it together, then you can choose to caregive together. And then from there, to me, I don't understand why the man, I feel like the man is as much as a caregiver as a woman, to be honest. Well, do you think that there's an issue? Like, I think when they say, you know, they praise the mom or they praise the dad higher than the mom for doing the same task, it's similar for men getting paid more than women for doing the same task. So it's like, it's always a celebration moment for guys doing something that a woman is considered to do. I mean, if a kid is sick at school, who are they calling? They call call their mom. If a kid is out and he doesn't look presentable, he look dirty. They're not going to say, Oh, his daddy didn't give him a bath. They're going to say, Oh, his mama, like where his mama at, you know? So it's like, I think it's those are the issues. Do you feel like, I mean, is that real or is this just a fictional situation? No, all those things are real. Um, I definitely feel like um, both parents should be praised for the things that they do because taking care of children is a chore in itself. Um, But with that being said, I do understand that, you know, men get praised because they're not looked at as necessarily the quote unquote caregiver. But to be honest, I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like, there should be a difference. I feel like it's understood. Both parents are going to take care of the child in their own way. Some mothers are really good at taking care of their children. Some of them suck Um, and vice versa. (laughs) Some men are really good at taking care of the children and then some of them suck and some of them are not even there. Um, So I think because um, I guess it's kind of a way to just give a father a pat on the back because the mothers, I don't know, kind of get more respect when it comes to their children you know, Mother's Day is really more celebrated than it is Father's Day. So, you know, all those different things kind of taking it account when it comes to like the caregiving situation, the praise of one parent over the other. But to be honest, I just feel like it's it's understood and you should take care of your children regardless of what it is, you praise or not. Right. No, that's fair. That's fair. Out of the 11 topics that were highlighted in the article, the last one that we're going to touch base on is society accepting dad bods, but expect women after having a baby to instantly jump back, quickly lose weight, gain after giving birth. So explain that. Tell me how you feel about this, Funky. As T.I. would say, expeditiously. Right. Like this word. <laughs> Man, he has whole shirts now, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I think that, of course, that just derives from the beginning of time. You know, women have always had that beauty standard placed on them to just be flawless and just have all these, I guess, perfect qualities. And I don't think that that disappears. That standard doesn't disappear just because a woman has a kid. So, you know, I mean, I, it's crazy because even in Beyonce's song, Flawless, remember they had like the breakdown moment of the lady coming on. And I mean, it's just weird. Some of the stuff she was, it wasn't weird, but it's like reality. Like we say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. 
We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or accomplishments, but for the attention of men. So that whole dynamic of the snatch bag, you doing it for a guy. You trying to say, look at me, bae. I just yeah. had your bae and now I'm back to bae. You know, it's an yeah. expectation that we're trying to have. And it's based on the men. You want them to be attracted to you. And I would just caution that to have that standard because you're not considering some women have more difficult pregnancies than someone else. Uh, some people have different genetics. Some people have other things involved, sure. other illnesses that's not uh, on the front forefront or you don't know about them and you're trying to hold her to the standard. And it's not fair because just by biologically it's impossible. So, you know, I just think that you just have to really caution yourself, especially, and don't do not go to Tiana's Taylor page after having a kid. <laughs> Her postpartum photo was just, oh, it was flawless. But you know, you can't get lost in those celebrities. I mean, they have trainers, they have chefs that come in. That's their livelihood, their bodies. So we will look at the Sierras and the Kelly Rollins, you know, and then some part could be due to genetics as well too. And, you know, so just be careful. And I would say to stay in your lane and to stay encouraged during that moment. Don't try and do anything that's going to overexert yourself because you just gave life. Like you literally are the goat. So (laughs) embrace that moment. And if it takes you six months in comparison to six weeks, I say just keep going, keep moving forward. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's so weird to me how we have this standard, but we allow DJ Callen and Rick Ross when he was bigger to walk around with no shirt on, you know, and no one said, oh my God, like this, get this fat dude off stage. Nobody said that. And it's just the the standard. So don't buy into it. Um, You have to consider all those different facets that we just mentioned. And so you just need to stay your course and you'll eventually get there. So that would be my Totally agree. Do we have anything else to say? I'm missed not to mention all the protesters and things that's going on because of George Floyd's death and the many multitude of others. And, you know, shout out to them. Shout out to the standing up for what we should believe in. Like the human race. Like, yo, just show love. Show love. Yeah, I agree. Okay, good. Okay, so we end every episode with a quote. I really think we touched base on a lot of different areas of double standards. Um, The topic of conversation was great. And you guys go check out that article. We're definitely going to post about it. Uh, Again, it came from Insider. And it's double standards and it's 11 different topics. We didn't talk about all 11 today, but we're going to post some different ones that we can spark some conversation about. Mm -hmm. Um, So the quote for the episode is, let's not have a double standard. One standard will do just fine. Mm. So I challenge everybody to find one standard that is a, that deems appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, because for so long, <laughs> we've had double standards. I know it's very hard to get away from, but just find one standard that works for you and works for someone else and see how, and let's give that a try versus having the double standards so much. Exactly. So I would say, since we shouted out expeditiously, T.I., you know, T.I., if you ever listen to the Gov Go Up Ladies <laughs> podcast, have us on. Right. We will come on your show. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. Until next time, bye. Bye, take care. Bye.